afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Big welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Marty, pastor to the Grace Adventist Centre and Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Churches right here in Adelaide. And I'm joined today by Pastor David. Pastor David, it's a special privilege to be on air with you today. Welcome to the studio. Good afternoon, Marty. It's uh, wonderful to be with you. Normally, um, Pastor Gary would sit where you are. Um, you've got uh, a couple of decades his junior, so it's wonderful <laughs> to be sitting. That the the average age, the median age in this studio has dropped remarkably. Yeah, that's great. But uh, I do miss Pastor Gary. But I'm excited about sitting opposite you and um, sharing with our listeners this afternoon. Absolutely, and and, and I just got a shout out to our listeners. A quick apology. We uh, we had some technical issues. He actually wasn't technical issues is a Marty issues here in the studio this afternoon. So we've we've actually started a bit later today, but I just want to thank you so much for bearing with us and for joining us today. Hey, if you want to send us a text just to tell us that where you're tuning in from today, why don't you send us a text to our studio number? That number is 04888808811. That's the Faith FM drive time number. Why not just save it in your phone? 04888 Eight oh eight eleven. If you wouldn't mind just sending us a text, we love to hear where people are listening from and to be able to connect. And by the way, we are going to have a free giveaway today. And so you might want to just jot down this code SA122, just five digits, SA122. We're going to have a free giveaway. And if you text the studio uh, that Code. If you text the studio number, that code will actually get you that free giveaway. We'll tell you what that book is in a little moment. We're going to jump straight into our World Watch segment. I picked up an article. It's uh, entitled, Pope Francis Sends Cardinal Zuppi to Ukraine to Promote Just Peace. I'll just read you a couple of things here. From the article, Cardinal Matteo Maria Zuppi, the head of the Italian Bishops' Conference, traveled to Kiev on Monday as representative of Pope Francis, the Vatican announced in a statement. Zuppi's mission is aimed at especially favoring an environment that can lead to paths toward peace. Now, Pope Francis, the article goes on to say that he has sought to position the Vatican as a mediator for peace in Ukraine ever since Russian troops invaded the country in February 2022. Upon hearing the news of the invasion, the Pope dismissed protocol and rushed to the Russian embassy in Rome to promote peace. The urgency of his response was consistent with the Vatican's long-time efforts to promote relations with Russia and the Russian Orthodox Church, which has become increasingly influential under President Vladimir Putin. Francis had secured a win in 2015 by becoming the first pontiff to meet with the Russian Orthodox Patriarch Kirill in recent history, and he made motions before the war began toward becoming the first pope to visit Moscow as well. But uh, jumping down in the article, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky uh, has distanced himself from the Vatican's peacemaking attempts. After a meeting with Francis at the Vatican May 13, he told journalists that his country is currently not open to any mediation with Russia and Putin. With all due respect, 
to his, for His Holiness, I, I'm quoting now from the president, Ukrainian president, we don't need mediators, we just need peace. Pastor David, you know, some interesting insights and some interesting questions really emerge when we look at this particular, uh, this particular article. One of them f- that emerges to me is, in what ways can the church really have a positive influence when it comes to politics? Yeah, this is a, a really, this is a difficult topic, isn't it? And, um, because, um, politics often shapes, um, and impacts the church. Uh, you know, Absolutely. governments make legislation and laws on certain and bills on certain topics, uh, and that has an impact on the church. But I personally don't think the church, the church's business is not about politics. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, you know, I think there is a place we should be praying for our leaders. Uh, we should be um, seeking to meet and engage with leaders too on certain topics. But I don't see that the church should be a place that actively uh, demonstrates and remonstrates, um, uh, you know, on, on a broad scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the church has gotten itself into trouble, and I say the church broadly, um, if you look back over millennia, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes church and state were, were one, if you like, almost. Mm-hmm. And the church became the political body. And when that sort of thing happens... Uh, I think it's dangerous. So the, obviously we need, yeah, there's a caution that, that, that is, you're, you're mentioning here that, uh, that while the church certainly is going to have influence, it's certainly going to have moral influence in a nation, in a country, even potentially when there is international conflict, to overstep that boundary and actually to start to pull the strings itself, it can actually end up being disastrous is what you're hinting at there. Well, I think there is a track record, isn't there? And, you know, you, you look back at um, the fall of communism, uh, you know, I remember seeing a cover of Time magazine, and, and maybe you weren't born then, Marty, or you might have been <laughs> yeah, very I'm, young. I've seen the cover, but uh, yeah. yeah, I think it was before I was born, And definitely. I would have been young. I was young as well, right? But, um, yeah, I remember seeing a picture, I think, of the Pope and Ronald Reagan, and yeah. how there yeah. was this alliance that was set mm-hmm. on Time magazine uh, that helped bring communism down, uh, certainly the, the, the Berlin Wall, etc., yeah, it's interesting, you know, um, we're told by Paul in Romans 13 to let every soul, every person be subject to governing authorities. And, and it says there in verse 1, for there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. And Paul goes on and says even more in that passage. So we should be praying for our leaders. Yeah. We should be approaching leaders, I think, one-on-one and even in writing if there are things that we're unhappy with um, or, or, or things that we think are, are very important and critical. Uh, but I don't think as we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus uh, didn't – politics was not his mantra. Yeah, that, that's where exactly where my, my mind was going, Pastor David. And just a few things. Jesus refused to be um, made king. Um, you know, 
he refused to be led by um, a, a number of people. In fact, there was multitudes at times that wanted to crown him king. He mm-hmm. shied away, and that's probably even the wrong terminology. He, he, he resisted that intensely. Mm-hmm. Um, he would say his time had not yet come. He told his disciples in Matthew 16, verse 20, that um, he warned them not to tell anyone that he was uh, the Messiah or the Christ. Um, he told um, Peter, James, and John... Um, um, up on the Mount Transfiguration, he told them not to tell anyone uh, about what they'd seen at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, he withdrew when people were talking about, you know, and he began to great, gain a following. He would often withdraw. Mm. Uh, mm. And Jesus, and, and, and probably because that's because Jesus recognized that that the ultimate solution to man's problems did not lie in um, changing of policy or of some kind of political uh, movement, but rather that the, the solution to, to man's problem, to humanity's problem, was uh, was something that had to deal with the heart, and that is, of course, the gospel, and and that's what came, what that's what Jesus came to, to to share, to bring to humanity, and of course, he's entrusted the church with that same role, and that's really good, Marty. So, Jesus came to deal with the heart. Mm. Governments ultimately don't fix the sin problem. Mm-hmm. And essentially, that's the problem with our planet. That's the problem with humanity. That's only something that uh, God can do. And through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the conviction of sin and and being led to Christ and surrendering to Christ and experiencing that forgiveness that can only come from God. Governments can't do that. Mm. They can make Mm. laws Mm. and those sorts of things, but they can't bring heart change. Mm. Uh, I guess the other thing, too, Jesus lived in an era and in a world where his own people were under subjugation by the Romans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Romans were dominating them, uh, and it was a tough life. Jesus didn't speak out against the Roman governments. Mm. You know, um, when he was, when, you know, uh, there was the issue with the coin. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said to Peter, wow. what did he say to Peter? Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God's. Now, you could say that was a really political comment, by a very savvy comment by Jesus, right? Um, but they were, he was, they were trying to trap him. Mm-hmm. But essentially, he didn't get caught up in the politics. And Caesar, I mean, the Romans were brutal. Mm-hmm. And yet Jesus is saying, give to the government, yeah. give to the authorities what's due to them, and to mm-hmm. God the things due to God. Absolutely. You know, I think this is a key, that Jesus was he was so committed to his specific mission. He didn't allow anything to divert him from that mission. I remember there's another story when when a gentleman came to to Jesus and said, "Hey, um, you know, tell tell my brother to divide, you know, divide the inheritance properly yes. with me." And Jesus says, "Who made me an arbitrator?" Who, who made me the one to judge in this situation? In so, other words, he's like, I'm not going to get involved in this. He didn't get, I mean, he, he was drawn aside by the cares of the world for the human condition and the human heart. But his mission was not sidelined mm-hmm. by political issues mm-hmm. or the latest social justice agenda. Mm-hmm. He cared about justice mm-hmm. and he talked mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. that. But, it, but he's, 
his main domain, his main focus and thrust was to seek and save that which was lost. Absolutely, Pastor David. And I think this is a powerful point for us that, that as Christians, you know, we have been given a mission as well. We've been given something that God has called us to do. Jesus didn't rely on political powers to bring about change in the world. He relied on God for, from his power and, and, and spread the message of, of his truth in order to affect positive change in the world. And just on that, Marty, um, you know, Jesus is there before Pilate. You know, if ever he had a chance to really um, nail Pilate and really get involved in a political agenda, he was basically silent for much of that time. Mm, mm, and then he did mm. speak. And, and when he spoke, uh, John 18, he says, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were mm, of this world, then my mm. servants would be fighting absolutely, so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore, Pilate said to him, So you are a king. And Jesus answered, You said correctly that I'm a king. For this I have been born. And for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Yeah. So this was yeah. Jesus' key focus. Nothing would derail him. Yeah. That doesn't mean to say he didn't care for for the slavery and injustice and poverty. Mm-hmm. I mean, he spent mm-hmm. an inordinate amount of his time healing the sick and helping the needy and being with the outcasts. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't there to change earthly governments. Mm, mm. He was there to change and transform people's hearts. Yeah, this is very powerful. Hey, and uh, look, we're going to come to some music now. We're going to come to a song that's called The Commission and uh, really hope that you are blessed by this song.
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to Drive Time Big Q&A. This is uh, Pastor Marty and Pastor David today. And this week we're following the theme, Radical Teachings in the Parables of Jesus. Today we are looking specifically at the parable of the unmerciful debtor. Now, I mentioned before that we uh, we actually have a free giveaway today, and uh, the free giveaway is a book called Searching for a God to Love by Chris Blake. Look, if you would like to get a free copy of this book, I'll give you a bit of an explanation in just a moment, but if you'd like to get a free copy of this book, all you've got to do is text our studio text number. That number is 04888808. Why not just save it into your phone? 04888808. That's our Faith FM Drive Time Studio number. Let me tell you about this book, Searching for a God to Love. Uh, do you have questions? Do you have doubts? Have you been hurt? Are you longing for something more? Searching for a God to love, this book, reaches out to those seeking a new understanding of God. Apart from preconception and in- institutionalized religion or a prepackaged agenda, throughout the book, Chris Blake divides the mystery surrounding who God is and reveals the powerful, infinite and loving relationship God seeks to have with mere mortals. With chapter titles such as Beyond Mother Nature and The World's Greatest Lover, Searching for a God to Love offers a fresh perspective for those seeking a God in whom they can believe. This is also a great sharing book, but I would say this is a, a good-sized book. This is a significant resource to have. If you're someone who's wanting to have a new experience, a fresh experience with God, perhaps you need to see God with new eyes and rediscover the love that He has for you, then you can get this book for free. Free simply by texting us the code SA122, just five digits, SA122. And you can send us that code to 04888808. Once again, the code is SA122. And if you send that code to 04888808, 80811, you'll get a free copy of Searching for a God to Love. You'll actually get a response straight away back from our Faith FM bot who will ask you a couple of questions so that we can get you this fantastic resource as soon as possible. Well, Pastor David, let's come to this parable, the parable of the unmerciful servant. I see you've got your Bible open there. You're ready to go. Thank you, Marty. Yeah, this is a really, I love the stories and the parables of scripture, and this is a really incredible one. So we're talking about this topic of forgiveness, and um, I don't know about you, Marty, but as a, as a minister, as someone that engages with people, that journeys with people, um, at the heart of so many of the problems that individuals have, that churches have, that society has, is the issue of unforgiveness and an unforgiving spirit, mm-hmm. of hanging on to pain and hurt, of of having this deep rooted bitterness, mm. and of not willing to let that go or give it up and give it over. And really, I see forgiveness as as basically handing. Handing a hurt or, or a wrong that has been done against you, handing it over to God. Mm, mm. And forgiveness can be a process. I mean, you know, you think of, and I've, I've met people and encountered people and sat with people that have been sexually abused, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
you have to be very careful about saying you just need to forgive. Mm-hmm. So I think forgiveness can be a process. It can be a journey. Mm. And we, we, we can't just put ourselves into someone's shoes automatically with what they've experienced. And we, we need to realize there can be pain and hurt. But I think healing can come when people choose to forgive. Now, that doesn't mean to say they agree with what's happened or that they're condoning or that there shouldn't be some consequence or punishment. But for me, it's like, um, uh, it's like clearing out the clutter on my computer so it'll run more effectively. Mm, mm, it's actually mm. giving that pain, that hurt, that thing that's eating me away over to God mm. and saying, God, you take care of it. It hurts, but I want to give it over to you. I'm giving you permission to take mm. this from me. Mm. I don't want to have this um, controlling my life because mm-hmm. that's what happens, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very powerful point there, Pastor David. Like you're saying, forgiveness is a, can be a process. It's something that we, we often will have to work through because the, the pain is real. The pain is real. Somebody did do the wrong thing to us or to someone that we love and and um and certainly i i affirm and agree with what you're saying there that forgiveness isn't just brushing something under the carpet no it's not just saying you know it's not just water off a duck's back it it it's not pretending like what somebody did wasn't correct but it is actually allowing ourselves to let go of the desire perhaps for revenge um letting go of of Perhaps, you know, negative thoughts and evil thoughts towards that person who wronged us. And, you know, I, I remember hearing a, a story actually of two, um, yeah, I actually remember hearing a story of these two, um, uh, they were ex, uh, they, they were ex soldiers. And, and anyway, they were having a conversation and, and they were, um, they were U.S. soldiers. And, and one of them said, you know, have you forgiven your captors? Talking to his, uh, talking to his colleague who had actually been in a prisoner of war during World War Two, And, uh, the, the, his friend replied and said, no, I'll never forgive them for what they did to me. Mm. And, and then he said something interesting. He said, well, I suppose they still have you captive then. And that's exactly right. We are held prisoner when we are unable to let go of the hurt against mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Now, again, different people, different circumstances that have gone through some significant trauma. It is a process. It mm-hmm. may not come easily. But forgiveness, I think, is is a gift from God, mm. if you like. Absolutely. And something we should is. pray for. So let's, let's dig into this story here. Firstly, Matthew 18, the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 18 really begins with um, the disciples arguing about who is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Who is going to be the greatest? And Problems always happen when pride is involved, when people are striving to have the uppermost position. And then in the chapter of, of, of Matthew 18, um, you come across uh, verse 15, the story of a sinning brother and how to deal with church discipline. And it, it talks about approaching people one-on-one, first of all, if there's an issue, and then take someone else with you if that doesn't work, and then bring something before the whole church, a process. And that's mm. what Jesus gives. But then um, in verse 21 of chapter 18, Peter comes to Jesus. And I really love Peter. He's almost like a union rep. He's a spokesperson for the disciples, self-appointed, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, he's the one that's always got his hand up in class, and he probably never puts it down because he always mm-hmm. wants to speak mm-hmm. and always wants to be first. Mm-hmm. 
And I just love the disciples because we see ourselves, if we're honest, in, in the various disciples, some of our own traits. And yet Jesus just worked with these people of such great deficiencies. And the good news is he wants to work with you and I as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Peter comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, how often shall I forgive my, how, I, sorry, how often should my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Good question, right? Mm. But it's almost rhetorical. You know, he says, how many times should I forgive my brother when he does something wrong? And then he comes up with the answer, seven times. Mm-hmm. Now, I bet at that stage, Peter's looking back at his mates and thumbing at himself saying, look how good I am. I'm going to forgive someone up to seven times. Mm-hmm. Because the standard of the day was, you know, no more than three. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the rabbis and that, if, if you forgave someone three times, that was more than enough. Mm-hmm. So Peter's doubled it. And then added one for good measure and got to the perfect number seven, the number of completeness and perfection. Mm, mm. I'm looking pretty good, Jesus, you know, seven up to seven times. Surely you're going to commend me for this. Because remember, they're vying for who's going to be the greatest. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus hits him between the eyes. And he says in verse 22 of chapter 18, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. What do you think Jesus is really saying there? Not just seven times, but 70 times seven. Well, you know, you'd have to be crazy to literally um, keep a record of forgiving someone that many times. And and so I suppose that, uh, you know, Jesus is really saying that, you know, keep forgiving, keep extending forgiveness, have an attitude and a posture where you are just, you are going to keep extending forgiveness. This is really good, Marty. Um, are you good at maths, by the way? Were you good at maths in school? Look, I was reasonably good this at math. I, I liked time. I liked math. I, I I won $100 in year six in a math competition. So I suppose I was pretty uh, pretty into it. Well, I'm in very <laughs> esteemed company because I wasn't. But Jesus is saying, uh, you know, 70 <laughs> times 7, 490 times. But mm-hmm. he's really not saying that, is he? He's saying no. what you're saying. No. And you want to repeat what you're saying? Jesus, uh, you know... Jesus is is appealing to Peter to say, have an attitude of extending forgiveness. Be willing to have a forgiving heart. It's not just so much about, okay, I'm going to count how many times someone did the wrong thing to me. Because actually in the book of Corinthians, you read the love chapter, it says, love keeps no record of wrong. And so... That's the kind of heart that God longs for us to have because that's the kind of heart that God has towards us. And this is the key, that that God has an unlimitless supply, an unlimited supply of forgiveness. There are some conditions Mm. we'll talk about just before we finish, but we have a forgiving God. You know, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then the next verse, For God didn't send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So Jesus didn't come to condemn. That's right. And yet you and I, as I'm talking not literally, or maybe I am, but as human beings, we're so ready to condemn people. Mm -hmm. You know, I am, I have a confession. Um, if you're listening from the wonderful city of Adelaide, where we're broadcasting from, maybe just tune out for five seconds. (laughs) Adelaide drivers frustrate me. 
Pastor they really Darren, do. I can't believe you've said that. Yeah, and and um, <laughs> and, and mind you, if you speak to my wife, uh, she will tell you that um, uh, you maybe know, you deserve it. <laughs> that I, I can be a frustrating driver. There right? you so go. If someone cuts me off, I'll get upset. Right? I'll yeah. get frustrated. Now I don't mm-hmm. remonstrate or anything, but um, God's working on the sanctification on yes. me when it comes yes. to yes. you know how I respond to that. But I think I'm greatly wrong. That's how I feel if someone cuts me off. And mm. yet how small-minded is that when it comes to, uh, you know, forgiveness and just letting go of something? Yeah, I, I think, you know, Pastor David, when I think of this subject, I think of the words of Jesus where he says, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We all want forgiveness. We all want to be able to have made a mistake but that, not have that held against us for the rest of our lives. That's what we all long for. And if we're honest with ourselves, um, we we sometimes reflect back on things in our life and we realize that you know, we made, we've made big errors, we've made big mistakes. And how can you move on from that? How can you deal with the guilt of that unless there is forgiveness? We all long for forgiveness. And so the golden rule says we should do to others as we would want them to do to us. And so really when Jesus says here, you know, um, not seven times, but 70 times seven, he's saying forgiveness knows no limits. Mm. And he's really saying, as you said, um, love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It doesn't count. Mm -hmm. And Really, forgiveness is not something that can be counted or measured. Forgiveness is a state of the heart. Mm, mm, uh, absolutely. that's what God's heart is all about. Absolutely. So, so let's get into this next story. So after he really sort of puts Peter in his place nicely by saying, you know, 70 times 7, no limits, he then tells this story. He says, therefore... Um, the kingdom of heaven, verse 23 of Matthew 8, in the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant, therefore, fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. Now, I don't know about you, but if I got called up by the, the, the premier of the state mm, mm. or the bank manager mm-hmm. and said, look, you know, um, interest rates are going up, you're, you're so far behind in your payment, we're going to take the house from under you. Mm, mm. And uh, you're going to be on the street. And then the bank manager, after I beg and plead, give me more time, just give me a little break and I'll be able to pay. Um, and really when I have no hope of paying, mm-hmm. then the bank manager says, look, I've paid, I've paid, I've covered your mortgage. How would I feel? How would you feel? Man, you'd be on cloud nine. You'd just be, you'd just be humbled and I think overwhelmed with the sense of you, gratitude would just be flowing from your heart. I, I think. You, you would leave there floating on air. You right? would. You would. Uh, because surely to owe 10,000 talents, and we'll talk about what that is shortly, to owe that amount of money would be a huge weight and burden on most people's shoulders. It would be mm-hmm. depressing. It would be pulling you down. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're going to be sold till you can pay and you beg and you plead. Just give me more time. And, and the king um, basically 
pardons him. He forgives the debt. Mm. He has mm. compassion. The key thing that we often lack as Christians, compassion. Mm. And the man goes free. And I'd like to think that he went home and he was celebrating with his family and he was praising his neighbours. He threw a party and called them all over and told of the goodness of the king. But he doesn't, does he? He he walks out of there and almost instantly um, someone else crosses his path and it says in verse 28, But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into the prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and came and told the master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant? just as I'd pity on you. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father, Jesus says, also will do do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Mm. Now, Marty, we've got to go to a break, but we're going to unpack this and what this means Mm -hmm. after this break. Yeah, I hope you enjoy this uh, beautiful song. It's called Now is the Day of Salvation.
Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is Pastor Marty and Pastor David here. Well, this week we're following the theme, Radical Teachings in the Parables of Jesus. And we are looking today at the parable of the unmerciful debtor. And uh, just before we jump back into that parable, I want to once again let you know, let our listeners know today that we do have a free giveaway. It's a good-sized book. It's a it's a, f- a valuable resource. It's called Searching for a God to Love by Chris Blake. Now, if you would like to get a free copy of this book, it will open your eyes to experience a new relationship with God, a God of love, a God of forgiveness. And if you'd like to get this free book, and it, or perhaps you know a friend who you'd like to share this book with, someone who may be struggling with forgiveness, maybe someone who's struggling to feel good enough or worthy of God's love, this is the book for them. And if you'd like to get a free copy of this book, just send us a text. Send this code, SA, like South Australia, SA122, just five digits, SA122, and you're going to send that code to our Faith FM uh, studio number, which is 04888-80811. Once again, that number, 04888 80811. Send us the code SA122. We'd love to be able to share with you this, uh, this free offer that we've got for today. Pastor David, we're back. We're talking about this remarkable parable of uh, the unforgiving servant. Yeah, thank you, Marty. And, and again, yeah, text in for that free book. Um, it's transformative and uh, we'd love you to get that book. Talking about this parable of this debtor that's had this huge amount of debt forgiven. Why? Because he begged, he pled for more time. Now let me just unpack this for us, Marty. This first debtor owed the king, um, he owed the king 10,000 talents. Mm. Now we know that a denarius was the equivalent of a day's wages for a, a field worker, a labourer. Right. So this uh, first debtor owes ten thousand talents to the king. So one talent is made up of six thousand denarii. In other words, one talent is six thousand days' wages. Whew. And this servant, this first servant, That's owes a lot the king. Of how money. many talents does he owe the king? Yeah, 10,000, 10,000. Okay, so one denarius My is a day's wages. My math isn't good, by the way. Okay, well, okay, I had, um, I'm glad well, you confessed. Well, you know, w- w- did you say one talent is 6,000 days wages? One talent is 6,000 days wages, so. So then you're looking at, whoa, 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 hold on a second here. Yeah, so you got to times. Everyone we're testing Marty's you got to times 6,000 by 10,000. So how many zeros is that? That's that's uh, six thousand. We got one, two, three zeros, and then you've got ten thousand. One, two, three, four zeros. So you've got a six with seven zeros behind it. So we're talking sixty million. You are spot on. You is that are, right? You are spot on. You, is that right? You sixty did. million days. This man. So you won a hundred dollars, did you, for a mass competition? <laughs> yeah. So you deserve that, Marty. And, oh. and um, so this first debtor owed the king. 60 million days wages, the equivalent of 60 million days. Now, I don't know how many days the average person lives, but let me... Let it's me, about 28,000. 28,000, is it? Yeah, and, I, did uh, it, I did the math the other day. And so actually, maybe, got, it's, maybe it's a bit more like 30,000 here in Australia. And you've got most of those still in front of you, right? <laughs> so this first servant owes 60 million days wages. Now, let's break that down into years, right? 
the average age of, of death, I guess ladies live longer than men, don't they? Um, and uh, the fairer sex. But mm-hmm. um, the average age, maybe, I'm guessing, for a lady uh, in Australia for, for longevity would be about, what, 84, 85, something 86? Like something like that. Men would be about 80 to 83, something mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. range in general. But... Uh, this is 60 million days wages, which equates to 164,384 years. Did you get that? Mm-hmm. 164,384 years. Yeah. That's how yeah. long this man would have had to work to pay off mm-hmm. the debt. It's impossible. It is impossible. It was. It's a ridiculous number. It's just inconceivable. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you hear of these life sentences people get in American prisons, right? You know, two life sentences or mm-hmm. uh, plus 90 years on top of that, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes. It's just crazy. 164,384 years of de- debt that this first servant owes the king. And he pleads with the king for more time and he'll be able to pay it. He does not understand his own debt. Yeah. He doesn't understand how yeah, far he's fallen. Point. He doesn't understand he's wrong. Mm-hmm. And if you can't understand the depth to which you're fallen, you will never understand the goodness and the ultimate forgiveness yeah. of God. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Because the king forgave the man this amount of debt. This is God wanting to forgive us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Pastor David, it's a, it's a very powerful point. It, look, it, it reminds me of another story in the Gospel of Luke where you have Mary Magdalene who comes and, and she anoints the feet of Jesus with, with costly oil. And, and this all happens at a, at a Pharisee's house by the name of Simon. And, and Simon looks at Jesus, you know, when, when, uh, when Mary is anointing him and, and thinks that Jesus, uh, you know, mustn't be a, a true prophet. And then Jesus, um, actually makes a very interesting comment to Simon. He says, He who is forgiven much loves much. Mm. The one who is only forgiven little loves little. And so to me that's saying that to the proportion that I understand that I've been forgiven or to the degree that I understand that I have been forgiven, is it is to that same degree that I'll be able to love and forgive others as well. That's right. And so in this parable, ultimately, this first debtor, the king was he for, pardoned or forgave the debt, but that debtor didn't accept the king's forgiveness. And so he ultimately remains unforgiven. Mm, mm. Now, interesting, this second, uh, he goes out, on top of the world, he's just had his debt forgiven. He sees a, a poor individual that owes him only a hundred days' wages. Mm-hmm. So he owed the king sixty million days' wages. Mm-hmm. Someone mm-hmm. owes him one hundred days, three and mm-hmm. a half months, as opposed to one hundred and sixty-four thousand three hundred eighty-four years. There's no comparison. Mm-hmm. He grabs the guy by the throat. The guy falls down and he begs and pleads the same words: "Just give me mm-hmm. more time, and I'll mm-hmm. repay you everything." But because he hasn't understood the loving forgiveness and the compassion that the king had for him. He is unwilling to forgive someone that has wronged mm, him. Mm. He has him thrown into prison. So, so it's not it's not a matter of just like determination, is it? It's not a matter of me just saying, oh, look, I've got to forgive this person because otherwise if I don't, God won't forgive me. It's It's really going back to understanding the depths of God's love for us. This is key. This is key. It's all about understanding. Real forgiveness can happen when we understand the pain that we have caused God. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, we're that one lost sheep. Mm-hmm. 
that has gone astray and, and, and the shepherd, the good shepherd Jesus comes looking. And yeah, he picks us up, he puts us across his shoulders, and he returns with joy and throws a party. And he mm. says, there is more joy mm. in heaven over one sinner who repents. Yeah. So to forgive, we need to understand God's forgiveness. Mm, mm. And, and this is what gets me. When I get upset about a South Australian driver, and, and uh, I won't tell you what car I drive, right? when, I, when I get upset about a South Australian driver that is driving too slow or too side by side and I can't get past them, whatever it may be, I'm really um, like that first servant that has been forgiven a whole lot, but I'm angry at someone that has only done something insignificant, like the second servant. We get angry and unforgiving and bitter when people do minor things to us. But ultimately, this is telling me, this parable, that when I get upset when someone does something trivial to me, I need to reflect on the debt that I owe God and what he's been prepared to forgive me mm, for. Mm. It's unpayable. Yeah, that's right. It's unachievable that's by right. me. And yet God says, I will wipe that. Yeah. You know, Pastor David, this is it, it, it is the magnitude of God's forgiveness that can change our lives. You know, I, I remember as a young person that this uh, truth that God loves us unconditionally, that even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This truth totally changed my life. It it it. Uh, it was as if God just poured his love into my heart. I got a glimpse of his His love through this understanding of his unconditional love. And I remember actually coming to the understanding and of the fact that Jesus would have died if it was only me who had, who had sinned. And, I th- and you think about that, the cost that Jesus was willing to pay just for us, just so that we could be forgiven, so that our sins would not be held against us so that so that when Jesus comes again we don't stand in our own you know filthy rags but that thinking it's righteousness yeah. which it's not you know um i'd love to share just a really quick story you know it's it's my it's one of my favorite stories when it comes to this subject of forgiveness it's of it's of a lady whose name is Corrie ten boom and uh, she actually was taken as a prisoner of war in world war 2 and she she wrote wrote a book called The Hiding Place and an amazing book, incredible book, true story. Anyway, Corrie Ten Boom writes of an experience where during this concentration camp she was so mistreated, her and her sister Betsy, her sister dies in the concentration camp. Anyway, shortly after the war has ended, um Corrie Ten Boom is is actually released. And she goes about preaching a message of forgiveness. And she's been preaching this message in various churches and various places and she, she becomes a very, she becomes a leader in this, in this whole effort to bring healing after World War II. And it's interesting she shares an experience where she's preaching in a particular church, I think it's in Munich, and she sees him there. She recognizes him. It's one of the soldiers from the concentration mm. camp. It's one of those men who is incredibly cruel and, and, uh, after the service, she preaches on forgiveness. The man comes up to her and shakes her hand and says, isn't it great that God forgives us? And she describes this feeling that she has where she's like, I just went numb. I had, I didn't, you know, I knew that I had to forgive him, but I couldn't. Mm. And in that moment, she sent up a silent prayer and she said, Lord, I can't forgive this man. I need your forgiveness. And she then explained that 
in that moment, she experienced that she made a choice. She said, look, I can't forgive him, but I can reach out my hand. Yeah. And she, as she made the choice to reach out her hand, she said she felt this flood of love from God fill her heart, and she was able to embrace this man and truly forgive him from the heart. I think it's important for us to recognize, Pastor David, that in our own strength, it's impossible to forgive. Truly. It, it is, because it's a gift. And and this is what Corrie Ten Boom said. She said that I discovered that it is not on our forgiveness any more than on our goodness that the world's healing hinges, but on his. Wow. When he tells us to love our enemies, he gives, along with a command, the love itself. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so it's the same with forgiveness. We mm. can't forgive without Jesus giving us that gift of forgiveness. Absolutely. And he wants to. And, and you know, we do serve a forgiving God. Um, uh, Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ yeah. forgave you. This is the way to release a flood of healing in our in our lives, in our relationships, in our communities. Wondering, Pastor David, if you would be able to just just pray for our listeners now. I'm sure this this whenever you talk of forgiveness and you look at this subject, it always touches our hearts. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you that you're a God who knows no limits. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins for us. He forgives, he throws our sins into the deepest depths and remembers them no more. And yet, Lord, we get to 1 John 1, 9. Um, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God will forgive us of anything and everything. There is no limit except for the little word if. If we confess our sins, then he will. And so, Lord, I want to pray for those who are listening some people that have maybe been harboring hurt or grudges and it's grown into bitterness. Might be a spouse, might be a child, it might be a friend or a colleague. Lord, give us that forgiveness. Give us that ability because it doesn't come from within. Help us to confess our sins too, Lord, so that we can truly experience the forgiveness and full forgiveness, complete, that comes from you. Lord, help us to reach out instead of trying to be political warriors as Christians. You said in John 13 that all people will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Give us that love. Thank you that you're a God who forgives. Thank you that you're a God who chases and comes after individuals just like us because you love us. You're filled with compassion. Bless our listeners, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm, amen. Well, it's uh, been a wonderful time to be able to open up God's Word together today. And look, it looks like our time is uh, is up for today. But thanks so much for joining Pastor David and I on Drive Time Big Q and I want to invite you to join join us again tomorrow when Pastors Fabiano and Hugh will be discussing a parable about radical investment. Well, I'd like to leave you with these words from God who says to each of us in his word, for I know the plans that I have for you. What are God's plans for you? Well, God tells us plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. May you know and experience the wonderful plan that God has for your life. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 